Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 327. That's MFL for those in the know. A live show that airs Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. YouTube.com forward slash send it rising. If you want to check us out live, you know you want to. Hop in the chat. Main story of the day, Facebook kept its own oversight board in the dark on program for VIP users. For those of you that don't know, basically Facebook was trying to, oh, I don't know, not have to make decisions uh, because they look bad when Zuckerberg's the one that makes the call. They thought it would be wiser from a public relations perspective to have an oversight board that they could simply say, well, the oversight board agreed to XYZ and then they wouldn't have to deal with the PR nightmare that would ensue from their own decision-making, given the fact that they are a global entity and they act much more like a government than they do a company. So that's the main story of the day. We're also going to be talking about how Facebook may be changing their name. Oof. We'll, we'll uh, dive into that. Facebook agreeing to compensate French newspapers for content. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey mocked Zuckerberg uh, and his metaverse idea, if you're new to the show, basically Facebook is trying to create an entire virtual environment called the metaverse. Uh, Twitter CEO Dorsey's making fun of him. And Brave Browser replaces Google with its own search engine. Those are the articles we'll talk about today. All links to the articles that we talk about on the show are in the description. Let's jump right into the main story of the day. Facebook kept its own oversight board in the dark on program for VIP users. This from CNN.com. Facebook failed to provide crucial details about its cross-check program that reportedly shielded millions of VIP users from the social media platform's normal content moderation rules, according to the company's oversight board. So, in case you're wondering, there are two different sets of rules. Actually, there are many different sets of rules. There are rules for children, right? There are rules for kiddos that are completely different than the rules for everyone else. Um, my son, for example, will do things that if he were an adult, he would be absolutely lambasted, maybe even thrown into prison. You're not supposed to pee outside. You're not supposed to do a lot of things that my son does, spits, does crazy things. I love him, by the way. He's the most amazing human being. Um, that being said, it is what it is, what it is, what it is, which is to say that there are separate rules for people too. Um, if you have someone who is a multimillionaire and this person, I don't know, parks wherever they want to, the fine that that person receives is not at all based on how much percentage of their income they lose. If, say for example, 0.5% of your net worth was lost when you parked illegally, that would have a much different effect on everyone than if that was just a $200 fine. You see, $200 is representative of a vastly different percentage uh, for different people on the economic strata, which is to say that we, as people, tend to break up into tribes and we tend to break up into hierarchies, which is to say that the fact that this Facebook oversight board, which again was supposed to make Facebook look better, this board was supposed to make Facebook seem like the kind of company that will always do the right thing. Here's this oversight board. We're going to let them make decisions about the ethics. And so please don't blame us. That's the general idea. Okay, great. Now, the fact that the Facebook oversight board is now coming forward and telling us, oh, it turns out that Facebook has a list of VIPs 
where the content moderation rules don't really apply to them. So basically, the stratification of popular versus unpopular, that high school click vibe that we all know is true, where when, and you see this all the time, like there are these people, like these crazy cult leaders that are very charismatic and they have a bunch of people following them. And then it comes out that they're they're sexual predators and they're, they did all these horrifying things. And people go, how did they get away with it? And the truth is that they have different rules. People treat VIPs differently. If you're the CEO of a company, the employees tend to laugh at the jokes that they wouldn't otherwise laugh at. If you are the president of the United States, if you are the Pope, if you have millions of followers, you live in a different bubble. And it is as entrenched in human psychology as the need to breathe. I mean, we treat people. This is why people are constantly faking it on social media platforms like Instagram. And they have like gold wrapped cars where it's just like they spent a thousand dollars and like Jimmy rigged it. And you can see it's like peeling off or people, you know, taking all these shots from like some travel jet company and they're just stealing the picture and putting it on their Instagram because they are projecting wealth because they want to be put into that special class of people that don't have to play by the same rules. And so the fact that this oversight board is going, hey, why didn't you tell us about cross-check? So from the article, the oversight board said uh, that Facebook has not been fully forthcoming on cross-check. Quote, um, on some occasions, Facebook failed to provide relevant information to the board, while in other instances, the information it provided was incomplete. Facebook uses cross-check to review content decisions relating to high-profile users, such as politicians, celebrities, and journalists. The program had mushroomed to include 5.8 million users in 2020. So we're talking about, um, so this Facebook oversight board is made up of people that are experts in freedom of expression, human rights, etc. But as as the article goes on to talk about, look, if you've got 6 million followers, Facebook is scared of you. Do you understand? Like they're looking at the repercussions of censoring you. So if you've got four views and you say something, you might not get away with it where the person with millions and millions of views might, which is ridiculous on its face, obviously. But it comes back to this sort of idea that when you ask most young kids, especially Gen Alpha kids, super young kids, what do you want to be when you get older? And they say YouTuber because intrinsically they understand that there's a lot of power that you wield, that the, the, the rules change as you become more popular. And it has never been easier in the history of humanity to see just how popular someone is. It's two clicks away. You can judge them immediately. And then, so you have these two stratifications. You've got sort of like title, right? So president, CEO, you know, whatever organization that comes with its own sort of assumption about their influence and assumption about who they are as a person and their role and whatever that still exists. That used to be the big one. And now there's a very clear and obvious sort of influence um, monetization quotient, you could call it. And so people desperately go for that. They want that because they want the special rules and they want to be known as an influencer. So the proof's in the pudding. Facebook saying, hey, look, we kept our oversight board in the dark about these VIP users. You want to be a VIP user? Before you get so attached to the idea, be sure that you understand the dark side, which is you got to feed the content monster. You know what I mean? Like if you're serious about this, 
you need to be constantly producing content because there's a million other people um, looking to take that spot. And those rules, those special rules where you might get away with certain things, you also pay the price for that too, which is people can come hunt you down. I mean, you get canceled. People hate you. Um, you're subject to all this internet trolling and all this nonsense. So before you get completely attached to the idea of being popular online, be aware and listen to folks that have made it and listen to some of the stories they have to say. Ultimately, you know, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're going to find the right path for you. Ultimately, it's perfect. Um, Facebook's possible name change has everybody talking, according to a barons.com article. History says it's a tricky business. So Facebook might be changing its name, according to a report by, excuse me, a report by The Verge, citing an anonymous source. The speculation has set tongues wagging over what the new company name might be. The rebrand is reportedly linked to the company's efforts to build its metaverse. You know, when it comes to Facebook, I find it fascinating because I think Facebook as just a two-syllable sort of branding mechanism was really, really um effective in the early days um and now i'm not so not so sure facebook i mean book it doesn't really doesn't really make much sense so i could see them going for a rebrand ultimately um facebook is a globally known name so i'm not entirely sure why they would do that google did something similar they changed um the name of the company to alphabet but nobody talks about alphabet so if facebook were to change their name is anyone really going to call it anything other than the facebook i don't think so um, Google AdWords is now called Google ads and there are still digital marketing companies. This is what they do for a living. They still refer to it as AdWords and I'll say it's actually Google ads and they go, huh, is it? And then I, I send them a link to where Google officially changed it to Google ads and they, they still want to call it AdWords. So it just goes to show how entrenched neurologically, uh, we are as people. So will Facebook change their name? I don't know. We'll see. Facebook agreeing to compensate French newspapers for content. Um, as I've mentioned in the show before, it is clear to me that each individual government is going to be fighting against Facebook, Twitter, TikTok on an individual level. And there's going to be wide varieties of, um, what do you call it, of uh, litigation, of lawsuits that occur in each individual country. So Facebook in particular agreeing to compensate French newspapers for content now we're back to Europe. Facebook agreed to compensate French news publishers for content shared on the social media platform. The company announced on Thursday, Facebook said the deal with Alliance or Alliance de la Presse de Information Générale, which represents papers across France, will allow users to, quote, continue to freely share news within their communities while ensuring the protections of neighboring rights of our publishing partners. The company said it had been working with the Alliance since October 2019 when France introduced a copyright law known as neighboring rights that claimed to allow publishers to be compensated for use of their content by tech giants. Yeah. So this is an ongoing thing. This has happened in Australia. It's happening again in France. And ultimately what we're talking about is um, Facebook being told that they have to compensate journalists. This tends to be the main point. Um, should they compensate journalists if they're using their news? Yeah, they should. I mean, it's really that simple. Now, Facebook as a, an American company, you could argue I should be saying that Facebook uh, can do whatever they want and whatever. But ultimately, I mean, they're a global institution. The fact that they happen to be in the United States is neither here nor there to me. And so I think Facebook should pay for things like this. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey mocks Mark Zuckerberg's plans to turn Facebook into a metaverse 
agreeing with a tweet calling it a dystopian corporate dictatorship. <laughs> yeah. So we agreed with the tweet calling the metaverse a dystopian corporate dictatorship. Yeah. Harsh words. Um, it's going to be a very commercial-esque sort of thing. I mean, if you go on YouTube now, unless you're willing to pay the money, you are not only subject to the ads and the content themselves, you're subject to the ads around the page and you're subject to the ads that appear as you watch the video. Now, the cost to get out of that sort of brainwashing advertising sinkhole is, I don't know, it's like 15 bucks a month, something like that. So it's not an outrageous amount of money to spend to get out of ad land. And what Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu have shown us is that if we are willing to invest a little bit, we can extricate ourselves from the world of ads. And I have found myself more than any other time in my life outside of ad land. Now, obviously, in a lot of the, the content that you watch nowadays, the influencers are beginning to embed within the content itself advertising, but you can skip that advertising. It's similar to a DVR. We fast forward through the commercials. So ultimately, the poor are going to be the ones that are indoctrinated with the most amount of ads. And we will see study upon study in the future of the different psychologies that evolve um, in the different classes based on how many ads they're subject to. And you could argue that the more ads you're subject to, the more of a consumer you tend to come. And so it kind of reinforces a poverty mindset. Um, which is to say, if you are constantly inundated with ads, the willpower it takes to overcome not purchasing the things on those ads sucks up this reserve of willpower. And for those of you that are wondering, you know, can't you just get more willpower? I get it. The point I'm making is that there's a study with kids and cookies and do you want the cookie now or do you want the cookie later? And they found that it's exhausting to not eat the cookie. Um, these, these folks performed less well on cognitive tasks later in the day there is a willpower quotient, a quantity that we have as human beings. And so if you're not willing or able to pay for the ad blocking on these platforms, it you may get drained throughout the day saying no all of the time to these amazing things. And so there isn't really a word used to describe this yet, but this phenomenon is going to be very, very important, very well studied in the future where ultimately it's going to be classist uh, in regards to the quantity of advertisements that people are ingesting for the same content. Um, because I'm not watching ads on YouTube because I can pay for it, because I have access to like Netflix and these sorts of things, I just, I'm living in this sort of ad-free world. Meanwhile, my kids, um, where I am not willing to pay for the ad-free blocking on all of their little mobile devices are in front of ads all the time. And the content that they choose to watch on YouTube is also very ad heavy. Um, we talked about this in a previous episode with Jen Alpha and this idea that they are going to their parents and they're asking for this, 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 and that. So while I may not be um, inundated with um, advertisements for this or that, I am in my email box, mind you. Um, these folks, uh, they are. And so how interesting, how interesting as we move into the future. Facebook agreeing to compensate French newspapers for content. Got it. Dorsey criticizing Zuckerberg on the metaverse. So let's bring this into a virtual environment. So let's assume that this same sort of classist struggle exists in a metaverse there's going to be a lot of folks with incredible avatars, beautiful avatars, and then you're going to have your kind of run-of-the-mill avatar people. 
um, and the number of ads that people will be living inside of um, in these virtual environments is just going to be so telling of um, their station in life. You know, so let's say in the future you spend 80% of your waking life in the metaverse and then 20% of it walking outside, going to the bathroom, taking a shower, et cetera. Um, as you move through this space and you just, you're living in ads, man, it's, it's going to be a wild ride because entire cliques are going to be, you know how schools will not allow kids to wear what they want. They have a dress code. Um, the metaverse is going to be just like a wild, wild, wild sort of um, expression of wealth. You know, people are going to be really trying to impress folks. And in this society, you know, they may or may not see you pull up to the um, to the dinner date or whatever in your Escalade. You know what I'm saying? Um, like that may or may not be a thing. Ugh, my hair. Um, and uh, so you, this sort of flash comes by way of the clothes you wear, uh, the car you drive, um, your title, et cetera. And so in the metaverse, I mean, everything's going to be subject to dollar amounts. So how wild is that going to be? I mean, literally your avatar themselves is going to be a reflection of how much money you have. And there's going to be rip off avatars. And, and then you look at these non-fungible tokens, which you may or may not be familiar with, but owning a piece of digital art, people are going to be, you know, come to my non-fungible token gallery inside of my virtual environment. You know, there's just going to be a million different ways to show status and, and wealth and that sort of thing. So Will it turn into, as Dorsey agreed with, a um, dystopian corporate dictatorship? I mean, that depends whether or not you make your money inside of it. If we as a species are moving into a, a globalized, decentralized cryptocurrency economy inside of a metaverse, say, then the rules of that metaverse will determine whether it's a dictatorship or not. I mean, it, it's an easy kind of throwaway line for Dorsey to say, but if there is a truly an oversight board, if the the social media giants turn into governments, because they are already acting like them, then we just have more governments. And then the democratization of a metaverse or like different countries inside of these metaverses, uh, I think will be very relevant. Um which is to say you might have an overarching sort of like global entity, which is this metaverse like Zuckerberg and Facebook. Um, and then you'll have these little countries inside of them and they will have their own rules and laws, et cetera. But there will be a, a more global sort of force um, governing the entire process, which would be the company themselves. The argument, of course, in capitalism is you don't like it, just leave. So there may be just one metaverse to start and then there are, there are many and then it, it does what um, cultures do and it uh, bifurcates and goes all over the place. Final article today, theverge.com brave browser replaces Google with its own search engine. Brave browser, brave, the privacy focused browser that blocks third party ads and trackers by default is switching to using its own search engine by default. The company has announced the change will be applied for new users and will affect which search engine is used via the browser's address bar. Brave Search will replace Google in the United States, United Kingdom and Canada, Quant in France, and DuckDuckGo in Germany. More countries will be switching over in the coming months. Interesting. So 2021, Google, obviously dominant in its search engine, um, now has a new competitor. It's called Brave. 
And uh, I mean, if they're only able to carve out 5%, 10% of the market, that's a huge share. And so these search engines that are popping up, Acasio, which I've mentioned many times, EO, excuse me, E-C-O-S-I-A, E-C-O-S-I-A, uh, Acasio.org, the, the search engine that plants trees. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It's incredible. 136, um, is that a million? Yeah, 136 million, 228,130 plants as of today have been planted by Acasia. So if you really want to change the way that uh, you interact with the universe, um, may I highly recommend Acasia.org. Um, I read an article about whether or not they do what they say they're going to do. It appears that they do. They've been uh, vetted. And so ultimately, um, these new search engines, Brave, for example, um, launch against new uh, algorithm, uh, proprietary, if you're all about privacy, and Acasia, if you're all about planting trees. I like that there are options, because ultimately, search results, I mean, it's it's just not what it used to be. It's not that hard um, to, uh, to provide decent search results. If you're not happy with your search results, just go back to Google, but why not just search on Acasia.org? Why not? Uh, you know, if you're going to search for some. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for today. Let's recap. Facebook kept its own oversight board in the dark. They shouldn't do that. Um, it's not a good look. Facebook's possible name change. Will they change? Will they not? We'll see. Facebook agrees to compensate French newspapers for content. Good. They should. Um, Dorsey mocking Zuckerberg's plans for the metaverse. We'll see. We'll see how this metaverse unfolds. It's going to be fascinating. And the Brave browser replacing Google with its own search engine competition in the search engine space. Ladies and gentlemen, youtube.com forward slash send it rising. If you want to join us live, name of the show, Marketing is a Foreign Language. If you want to see or download our content on iTunes or Spotify, just type in Marketing as a Foreign Language and you will find us. We are everywhere. Um, join us for the live show on YouTube. If you want to support us, download a bunch of episodes on Spotify. If, uh, if you really want to support us, swing by youtube.com forward slash send it rising, hit the thumbs up and the subscribe button with the notification bell. Live 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thanks so much for swinging by the show today. We're going to have a guest tomorrow and uh, we do appreciate you. We really, really, really do. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, you are one of a handful of people that do. And I really genuinely from the bottom of my heart want to thank you for doing precisely that. Good times. <laughs>